Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Perfectionist Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Dre, 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 Andrea, Andrea, Andrea. I don't really care anymore. So, to start off the podcast today, we're going to listen to a verse from the Hawaiian Pigeon Bible. This is Start 1 1, the time when everything went start. God made the sky and the world. Now, I'm going to let you guess what that was. It was Genesis 1 1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And the word of useful-ish advice today comes from George. Again, he said not to look up Togai on YouTube. Apparently, it's similar to Dr. Pimple Popper. I did not listen to his advice and Googled it. I would not if I were you. Now, if you like gross things and you're into that, then just ignore his advice and watch all the Togai you want, but uh, not for me. So based on you guys' feedback, I will try to make these podcasts less than 30 minutes long, if at all possible. Um, Today, we are going to finish the part two of God is Love, um, the one we started in episode one. Today, we're going to go into what love is not. So two weeks ago, I covered what love is and went into 1 Corinthians 13 and several other verses describing what love is and how God's love is shown throughout the Bible and scripture. This podcast is going to go a little bit differently because I put a question out on Instagram asking people what love is not and what comes to their mind first because this podcast isn't just about my thoughts and opinions, it's about everybody else's and A lot of people had a lot of really good ideas that I had never thought of, a lot of cool perspectives, and I think we're really missing out if we don't sit down and listen to everybody's perspective on it. But first, I'm going to go into a couple of the things that were talked about in 1 Corinthians 13. There were some words that I didn't cover last week because they fell into this category, so I'm just going to briefly go over them and not really go into depth on a lot of them and just kind of present them here for you to chew on. I'll go ahead and read the verses that I'm going to be reading from so you guys can follow along if you would like. We are in 1 Corinthians 13, verse 4. Love is patient and kind. Love does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice in wrongdoing, but rejoices with truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never ends. As for prophecies, they will pass away. As for tongues, they will cease. As for knowledge, it will pass away. But we know in part and we prophesy in part. But when perfect comes, the partial will pass away. When I was a child, I spoke like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I gave up childish ways. For now we see a a mirror dimly. But then face to face, now I know in part, then I shall know fully, even as I have been fully known. So now faith, hope, and love abide in these, but the greatest of these is love. I did read that pretty fast, and we could honestly spend hours and hours on this scripture because it is so, so rich. So we're not going to do that today. We're just going to go over what it references that love is not. Love does not envy or boast. So, love doesn't get jealous or boast in its actions. Love would not be you going out and feeding a homeless person 
But then taking a selfie about it and talking about it all over Instagram just because you want to boast in what you did. You'll notice a lot of these things, it starts looking inward what love is not. Love is always an outward action. Love is not arrogant or rude. Don't be rude, be nice. Love doesn't insist on its own way. Now this one got me. That's again looking inwards. That's my way is better. We should do my way. We should go eat at my favorite place. Love asks where the other person wants to go to eat. Love asks what the other person wants to do instead of insisting that everything be done their own way. Love is not irritable or resentful. It doesn't get easily agitated. Love doesn't hold grudges. That summarizes the what love is not in 1 Corinthians 13. Now, we're gonna go into some of what my friends have said. I'm gonna start with the Instagram remarks, starting with Abby. Love is not selfish, hate, and prideful. This is really cool because it goes back to what 1 Corinthians alludes to. Love is not selfish, love does not think on oneself, and love does not look inside. Love does not hate. Love and hate are opposites. Hate is the absence of love. You cannot love and hate simultaneously the same thing. You cannot reflect Christ in the world simultaneously. You must love. Love is not prideful. Love isn't puffed up. It is very humble. If you love truly, you aren't going to go around boasting about it and asking everybody to look at you, look at me, look at me. You're going to walk around humbly serving without any desire of attention for yourself. Then this one was really good and it struck me. Um, Bridget said, love is not abandonment. And then later she asked me, well, if love isn't abandonment, then why did Jesus say, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? So is it okay for a father to forsake his son if things get that bad? Now, we can't justify a father leaving a child because we live in a sinful, broken world. Let me go into this a little bit deeper. So God is holy, perfect and pure. Think of a white sheet with no blemishes whatsoever. And holiness cannot be near sin. So that white paper must stay white. It cannot be blemished. So if you slosh ink on it, you can't have direct contact with the ink and the white paper because then it will blemish the white paper. So in the beginning, Adam and Eve used to walk with God. They were connected. They were touching God. God breathed life into Adam. They walked in the garden and talked with God. But whenever they decided to sin and they decided to reject God and reject his holiness and reject his goodness, they became tainted with sin. And therefore, that connection for God to remain holy as he is and not to change, Adam and Eve were separated and ripped from that connection. It was a very sad moment in our history. And since then, mankind has had to go through different ways to talk to God. We went through sacrifices and 
There had to be a priest who approached God who was as holy and righteous as he could be. And we had to put our sacrifice, our sins in sacrifices. And those sacrifices would atone for our sins. And we could lift offerings up to God. And that's how we communicate with God. And that was our contact. We had to go through something all the time. But that would not suffice. There had to be something perfect and holy with no blemish had to take on the punishment and atone for the sins and blemishes of the world. So something holy, because if you had something broken and you offered it up as an atonement or a redemption, you, you're not going to equal the value of holiness. So if you go into a store and say you bought a cup and then you go home and you shatter the cup, and you try to take the cup back, you're not gonna redeem the cup for what you purchased it for. You have to have a perfect cup to replace the broken one. So you had to have a perfect person to come in and take the place of the broken people. So that's what Jesus did. He was perfect and holy, but when the sins of the world were dumped on him, he became tainted. His white, he was no longer a white sheet anymore he was tainted with all this ink and this sin. In that separation, he was therefore ripped from God because God is holy and cannot change and he can't be in the presence of sin. Death is the absence of life. God is life. So therefore, death is the absence of God. So when we die the second death, we are ripped from God forever. That's why Jesus died the second death, took the sins, paid for them, and then rose again, conquering that death because he was righteous and he was holy and he was all powerful. And so that's why God abandoned Jesus on the cross because holiness cannot be in the presence of sin. And that is the greatest love of all. When Jesus came and gave his life and was separated from God so that we didn't have to be, so that we could have that direct connection and we could be purified. Our slates were wiped clean and it's amazing. That does go into a little bit of a rabbit trail, so thank you for bearing with me, but I just thought that was something so good not to address. And then Jackson spun it a little bit and said it's not based on looks. He's right. Love is not based on outward appearances. You shouldn't choose to love somebody or not based on their situation, based on their circumstances. And I'm talking about a love, a charity love, one where you're giving, it's selfless. I'm not talking about a romantic love. I'm not talking about a sexual love. I'm talking about a true, genuine, godly love, loving someone as your brother or sister in Christ. This should not be based off of what someone looks like. If someone dresses a certain way, if someone looks a certain way, we should not base how we treat them on their appearances. And Caitlin said, love is not short-lived. I'm going to go back to this because I have another person who remarked to it as well. So I'll go back to that one. Misty said, love is not prideful. Again, that goes back to what I spoke with Abby. Um, and then Ricky said, love is not an object. It can't be seen and held, 
but we see the effects of it. Now those aren't his exact words because I didn't write them all down. But essentially, love is not an object, it's an emotion. I think people get confused with feelings and emotions and actions, so love isn't an object. You can't see it, you can't mold it, you can't put it in a box, but you can feel it and you can see the effects of it. We choose to love, love is an action as well. You can't put it in a box, you can't mold it, but you can act on it and you can see the effects of love and of true love. Now I also asked Jess, my friend, um, what she thinks love is not, and she said, love is not timed. God loved you from before you were a thought and will never stop loving you. People fall in and out of love as time passes, but God's love is eternal, so love is not timed, and that goes to Caitlin's, love is not short-lived. God loves eternally. He is love, so that is his essence. And when we become more like God, when we study him and take on his attributes, we replicate and mirror that love. I think that's just so beautiful that love is not timed. We can mess up over and over again. God loved us from the beginning to the end. He sent his son to die for us thousands of years ago, and he loves us still today because he knew we were going to sin. He knew people were going to sin when he put Adam and Eve on the earth, but he still loves us. And that's an unimaginable love. That pretty much sums up the podcast today. Um, so if you guys know that you are grounded in Christ and that you are saved by the blood, then feel free to check out. And if you're doubting it or you have no idea what saved by the blood means, it is not saved by the bell, but just a different word. Stick around for a couple of minutes. So last week I talked about creation, right? Now this week I'm going to talk about the moral argument. Can you be good without God? Well, an atheist can be good and give, right? No, it's not can you be good without believing in God. It's can you be good without God? To be good, you have to have a objective moral standpoint. So you have to have something that you base everything else off of. We have weights that we base every other weight off of. We have measuring stuff that we base everything off of. We have to have an objective standpoint for good. Otherwise, it's subjective and anybody's version of good is good. So if that is true, then Hitler was right in killing all the Jews. Then all these murderers, Ted Bundy was right for killing the women because it was right in his own eyes. Those aren't good and you know this, I know this, so what is good? To have good, you have to have an ultimate good being. You have to have something to base it off of. To have a law, you have to have something to base the law off of. And that basis is God. And anything that does not represent or reflect God is not good. So that's another thing to think about. To have good and to be good, you must have God. Thank you so much for listening in today and I look forward to talking with y'all next week. So I'm super excited and can't wait to see where this goes. Thank you guys for bearing with me. Again, feedback is greatly appreciated. I'm gonna try to keep it under 30 minutes, preferably under 20, but no promises because some of these topics can get really, really heavy and have to take some more time. So yeah, just keep the feedback coming. Let me know if you wanna be a guest on the podcast or if there's something you're like, you need to cover this today. I can always do that. So thank you and farewell until next time.
little tag along note i did not get everybody's responses in this podcast but i do appreciate your responses and i'll try to get them in the next one this one's still almost 15 minutes not quite i will get them in the next one though thank you